Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with uh, religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you, because we are taking your calls today. So we are talking about consecrations, what they are, where they came from, and how to do them. So that's what we're talking about today on the Memorial of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yesterday was the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. Today is the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So we thought we would address consecrations. But Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you, Adam. And we are talking about consecrations today. We're going to give you a, a little background on uh, where they came from and uh, what they are and how to do them. And it's very important because um, it, there's a lot of talk right now about uh, being consecrated uh, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, to St. Joseph. Um, and it's it's important that we understand it um, from, a, from a, a spiritual perspective that we know how to incorporate it into our faith lives. So so folks, uh, listen at the beginning of this show, and then maybe call in with your experience of consecrations. We'd like to hear from you. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. You'll be speaking with Libby. She's delightful to talk to. Tim is also at the controls. Our producer, Taylor, is doing a fine job. So we're all in place, and we'll just wait for your calls at 877-757-9424. Adam? Okay, Deb. So I think to start, let's back up a little bit and let's get an understanding of what consecration, what that word means. So first off, um, the definition of that really means to make something holy. Okay, well, that's easy to say, but what does holy mean? Holy really means dedicated to God or to sacred use. So when we talk about a consecration, we're talking about taking something from its common and profane or worldly use and shifting that over to God's use. Now, consecration doesn't just mean the consecration of, of ourselves as, as lay people to Mary or Joseph or the various figures. Consecration just means to make holy or to dedicate something to God's sacred use. So because of that, uh, there are many different levels and types of consecration in the church, and we just going to get that kind of perspective first. So, for instance, if we think back to Fatima that we've talked about before on the show, Mary asked for a consecration of Russia to the Immaculate, well, actually it wasn't to the Immaculate Heart at the time, because the Immaculate Conception, um, oh yes it was, it, it was to her, to her Immaculate Heart, uh, with all the participation of the bishops in the world. That was a consecration of a country, not an individual person. And that has been done in different times and in different ways to different figures in heaven, whole countries. And then we could have a consecration of a family to, for instance, the Holy Family. We could have a consecration of a home, which we see fairly commonly with the consecration of a home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We could also see a consecration of ourselves at, at a, as a personal commitment between us and God and a figure in heaven. But also, Deb, as we, I think, know, we also consecrate churches. They're taken from their profane and worldly uses just being a building, and through a rite that the bishop does, it is transformed or turned over to God's sacred use as a church. Same thing for an altar. There is a specific consecration of altars that the bishop does. But then there's also consecration of monasteries, the cemeteries. We talk about being buried in holy ground or hallowed ground. There's a consecration that is done to make the cemetery a holy place that's given over to God. And beyond that, 
in a beautiful way, there's a consecration of your whole lifetime, which is usually done in a formal way with religious vows. So somebody might take, you know, uh, temporary vows and then perpetual or solemn vows to a religious life and commit to be a monk or a hermit or a nun in various orders. So there's a bunch of ways that we think about consecration in the church, in the church's theology, beyond just the individual consecration. Now, where did where did this kind of personal consecration that most of us think of when we th- say and think consecration come from? Really, it first started in the 1600s with St. Eudes, a French saint, who introduced the idea of a consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Sacred Heart of Mary. Now, and as I stumbled on before, Mary at that time, this was in the 1600s, the Immaculate Conception hadn't been declared yet as a dogma, so it was to the Sacred Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's when it first kind of came into the Church's mind and practice. Louis de Montfort came along shortly thereafter and introduced his very famous consecration to Mary that so many people still use today. Okay, so the other aspect of consecration when we think of this, and and this is another way to look at it, and I think it'll help us get a handle on this. Another way to, another word or a way to think about the word consecration is entrustment. So it's, it's basically giving ownership over to heaven, to God, sometimes with one of the, to one of the figures in heaven, giving that ownership over, making something sacred as opposed to profane, not only is just giving it to God, but it's asking for protection and assistance from God with what has been given. You're you're essentially saying, God, you take care of this. God, help me take care of me, protect me in various ways. So it's not simply giving something over to God. If If we think of it in the medieval sense, if you were to give land over to the local king, there would be an expectation that the king would then defend that land, okay, because it becomes theirs. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the levels of of that. Go ahead, Deb. I wanted to to just share because I, given that today is the memorial of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I didn't realize I, when doing the research for this episode, I didn't realize that uh, Pope Pius the Twelfth consecrated the Church and the entire world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on October thirty first, nineteen forty two, right in the middle of World World War II. Um, wow, and 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 he he made a point to do that. Um, I it it didn't I didn't. Why aren't we taught this? I I, I guess I, I guess my my question is, Adam. You know, it. I've been in religious education for many years. We never even talked about consecrations. It wasn't until mm-hmm. Father Donald Calloway actually brought it, um, you know, to the forefront, and 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 everybody and. Um, got on board and and actually participated in a consecration, but that's really powerful to dedicate the entire world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yeah, you know, consecrations in a sense tend to come along in history at times of strife and trouble when there when there's a disaster or a crisis. Is when we, you know, the old saying, "There's no atheist in foxholes." When we feel ourselves in trouble and out of control tends to be the time that we say, okay, you know, we can't do this, God. You need to help us out. You need to take care of this. Um, you know, th- there's been versions of this with different plagues down through the years uh, in history where, for instance, the um, uh, icon of St. Michael was carried in Rome during certain plagues and asking his intercession to help because the people felt helpless. With the world wars, you know, Mary specifically talked about that there would be another war if the world didn't straighten up spiritually and and what would precede it and and that's what happened when the skies turned red that night before Hitler launched World War II so it tends to be around times of strife and difficulty and because we've had relative peace for so long it's not on our mind you know um, as a people and in the world Mm -hmm. so that's interesting so during these difficult times consecrations um, do you know, it's the it's it's the remedy, if you will, and even the even the comfort of knowing that we have been dedicated to this specific saint or the Blessed Mother, right? So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's the comfort in, in that sense of you take care of this, in that mm-hmm. sense of by giving this to you, 
heaven is more powerful than us. And by giving it over to heaven in some way that we're, we're doing that, we're asking for heaven's protection and intervention when, when we've come to the end of our rope and, and there's nothing much that we can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so what are some of the specific ones that we've perhaps heard about down through time? There's a consecration to the sacred heart of Jesus. And this is about connecting with love, forgiveness, and self-sacrifice. And there's a reason I'm going through these, Deb. I think you'll see, you'll see how it comes together. There's a consecration to the most precious blood of Jesus. This one, if you read the prayers, is about connecting with the passion of Jesus Christ, with the self-sacrifice that Jesus did for us, with his overwhelming love that he died for us on the cross, and to connect with that. There's a consecration to the Holy Trinity, and this is primarily about connecting ourselves to the will of God. This is about turning ourselves over, not only saying, God, I'm yours, but God, bring your will about through me. Be our Father, thy will be done. Okay, so all of these kind of touch on the basic prayers and theology of the church, but we'll have a little more after the after the break. I hear that music coming. Yeah, this is fascinating, Adam, because it, it, it kind of relates, I think, to your own personal um, character and, 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 and uh, personality and your traits. So this is interesting. We're talking about consecrations today on the spirit world. We'd like you to join us at 877-757-9424. Please call us. Or you can go on Facebook and join the family there at the Spirit World Podcast. We'll be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the word was a god, but this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. That is correct. Now is the time to call in if you'd like to talk about consecrations today on The Spirit World at 877 757 9424. 
Um, Adam, I also want to take this time before you go back to the uh, personal um, different consecrations that one uh, a person can enter into. Um, I just want to thank the affiliates for carrying this spirit world. Thank you so much. We are hearing from around the world, actually, a uh, lot of feedback. You, you really are loving the content of the spirit world. And uh, we just thank you so very, very much. So um, we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have the affiliates uh, with the local listening areas bringing it to their their um, audience, which is great. So we just want to get those thank yous in when we can. So Adam, go back to the idea of these consecrations being very personal. Sure. Just a few more examples, I think, will, will help us see this point. So the next one would be a consecration to the Holy Family. And if we read the prayers connected with that, we see a seeking of connecting our family with the Holy Family in order to get protection, guidance, and happiness, which are some of the traits that the Holy Family enjoyed. They enjoyed protection from the angelic. They received guidance through dreams uh, that, you know, Joseph got with angels. Mary, of course, got a direct instruction from Gabriel. So there's a way to connect with those aspects of the Holy Family. There's a consecration to St. Michael, of course, uh, and there have been many actually down through the history of the church for St. Michael. And this is particularly seeking his protection and his assistance to help us reach heaven and specifically protection from Satan. And again, going back to the whole calamity thing, historically, Deb, uh, nations that were at war that were being attacked, Christian, uh, Catholic Christian nations that were being attacked would consecrate themselves to St. Michael looking for assistance in defending a nation, which is where Mont St. Michael uh, was basically a monument to that protection in France. Then, of course, we have a consecration to Mary. There's a few of those out there. And this, if you read the prayers, is seeking a connection with her protection as, in a sense, we, you know, we can kind of say one of the best intercessors we could get. You know, how close can you get to Jesus except Mary, who was his mother, who was so close to him? So we're connecting with her motherly protection because she is a great intercessor with Jesus. We're also seeking to connect with the sense of mission in life. And then of course her traits, we want to connect with humility and obedience when we're, when we're looking for a connection with Mary. Then we have St. Joseph, which has become very popular recently through Father Calloway's consecration. Here, as we read different prayers down through the centuries the church has had for consecrating to St. Joseph, we seek a protection from St. Joseph. We seek purity of heart. We seek obedience to God's will. Okay, all these different examples, as we, as we look at what they're seeking, it helps us to understand that these consecrations is really about seeking a relationship with the figure in heaven whose virtues we need to work on or that we identify with. So if we think back to what we said at the beginning, you know, there are consecrations of monasteries and to a religious life. There's a person that's drawn to the Franciscan life. They become consecrated to St. Francis because they identify with his life, with his personal traits, with his charism and with the rules of that order. Basically, it's a good fit for them. But it may not be a good fit for that same person to go to the Benedictines. It's a very different spirituality, a different style of life. Consecrations are a beautiful way to say what in the myriad range of what God gives us in his church and through the history of his church fits for me, that is tailor-made for me and I am tailor-made for it, as a particular way to connect with God. This is the piece in the whole you know, history of things that that I really get, it resonates for me, it helps me, uh, it speaks to my heart. And so the consecrations are a way to look for uh, grace from heaven in a way that's very personal. So let me ask you this question, Adam. I, a light, I'm having a light bulb moment as you're speaking. In an informal way, we have consecrated this show to St. Michael. That was an informal consecration. We didn't we didn't go through a series of prayers or or have a a priest uh, you know read us certain things that that, that we have to do. Um, we, but it's interesting because I think people, based on their situation or their circumstance, they are drawn to a certain um, saint. 
You know, I know I, I, I think of many of my clients um, at, on, at Stand Tall. Um, they love, absolutely love uh, St. Catherine of Siena. They, they love St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, so it, it, it really is interesting that you're talking about this because so the consecrations really are a, a very nice fit with people's, you know, what they're trying to achieve and what they're going through. Yeah, exactly, Deb. It's beautiful that you pointed that out because the consecrations, you know, when it comes to those that we do as lay people, these these are informal devotions. We're not taking solemn vows before the head of a religious order promising to, to give up all possessions and devote the rest of our lives to living in that religious order. This is more of a, a softer, informal action that we're taking. But what you just touched on is that it's an act of the will. It doesn't have to be a big, formal, fixed prayer or vow, but there's an act of the will that we're taking with this show that we took by saying the St. Michael prayer at the beginning. Um, you know, personally, I know you you love St. Michael. I have a particular relationship, I hope, to St. Michael because of the work I'm involved in. He's so involved in the exorcism world because we know scripturally he's the one that cast uh, Satan out of out of heaven at that at the beginning in that war. And he's provided so much um, help to me, I think, in my life. So we've informally made an act of the will. I think, you know, from heaven's perspective, I don't know because I can't ask God. But I would imagine that in a sense, you know, that's as much of a consecration as anything else because it's a consecration where it's an act of the will expressed through our actions. You could, you could do it formally, but, but you could live it out too. Right. And then d- that touches upon when, when um, people pick confirmation names too, right? Because they're drawn to that particular saint. So in a way, it, it is kind of, a inf- again, an informal consecration because you obviously picked that name for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not just who we identify with. Sometimes it's a saint or a figure in heaven, be it be at the sacred heart of Jesus, perhaps with forgiveness. Maybe I have a big issue with forgiveness in my life. Maybe I've been hurt mm-hmm. and I have a hard time forgiving. By trying to connect with the sacred heart of Jesus, that aspect of Christ that is about forgiveness, I'm asking for that grace of forgiveness and I'm trying to seek it out. It may not be the most comfortable to me. I may not identify with it, but I'm saying, Lord, I need that. So I'm mm-hmm. consecrating to your sacred heart. Right. So, so. Yeah, it's basically, in a sense, we could think of it kind of like a spiritual formation. Mm, very good, very good. For our non-Catholic brothers and sisters, um, the question always comes up like, you know, you Catholics, you do all these things, you know, you you um, make all these extra promises and, you know, you go through all these, um, you know, different channels to get to God. Why not just go straight to God? What would you say to that? Well, I would say that we do both. So all of these just point to God. What I'm trying to say is um, they point to God in a, in a particular way through a particular life. Now, there are consecrations, as we just said, to the Sacred Heart. That's going directly to God. It's looking at an aspect of Jesus's life and his character, his self, uh, that we're trying to tap into, so to speak. But there are also figures that, for instance, humans that became saints that maybe um, it's easier for me to identify with. Some people have trouble in the beginning of their spiritual journey of their life. They may have trouble identifying with the sacred heart of Jesus. They may say that's so, such overwhelming forgiveness. I can't even conceive of that. I'm having trouble grasping it. I feel like I'll never get there. Maybe there's a figure that's closer to me emotionally, psychologically, maybe there's this saint who struggled with forgiveness mm-hmm. early in mm-hmm. their life that I can really relate to. I can read their story, connect with their life as a model for myself, and that's moving me towards Christ. Right. And they are also pointing towards Christ. These are steps, Deb. They're not a one and done where I make this commitment to this saint and I'm locked in for the rest of my life. In the seasons of our life, in our spiritual journey, God is giving us myriad ways to grow and learn. He is teaching us new lessons every year, maybe every month, maybe every day. He's teaching us new lessons, the ever-evolving conversion of coming towards God that never ends. And what is going to speak to us when we're 60 is different than what's going to speak to us when we're 16. And so there are different aspects of heaven and God uh, and God's expression 
through his grace in the world and the lives of the saints that is going to speak to us at different seasons in our life and that is going to help us. So, um, and that touches on another thing I wanted to cover before maybe we, we start moving towards calls. And that is, Deb, some people get caught up in this and they say, well, I need to do, uh, oh, that one too. And I need to do these four other consecrations. And now I'm feeling overwhelmed and, you know, I've got to catch up and I've got to do all these things or I'm not going to make it to heaven. It's not about that. Think of these as private devotional acts of the will for what you're working on now in your spiritual journey. And it could be that next year this isn't your focus anymore. Maybe you learn about it, you know, God through his providence teaches mm-hmm. you something new in it and a new figure in heaven or a new aspect of Jesus that you're relating to becomes the next step in your journey. Mm-hmm. I love that. And and that brings, I think that brings a lot of peace to people because I think once, you know, we as Catholics, when we identify with or make friends with a saint, we don't want to just leave them, right? We, we, we always want to put them in our, in our Catholic family. So we don't want to just feel like we abandoned them. And now we're moving to a different uh, saint. So very interesting. So Adam, um, we're going to get ready uh, to hit the pause button in just a little bit. But we do have a lot of comments coming in about consecrations. And we have uh, folks calling in, which we would love to hear from you. You can dial this number now because we will go to the calls, 877-757-9424. That is the number to call, 877-757-9424. If you'd like to ask a question or a comment, a question, Adam, and I want I, I want you to think about this because actually I have an answer to this because this came up with my husband. Christopher um, made a uh, comment. He couldn't stay on the line, so he left um, his question uh, with Tim and Liz. Which, which they're doing a fine job at the phones. Christopher says, um, he's talking about the St. Louis de Montfort consecration, uh, specifically how people balk at the um, uh, this great saint talking about being slaves of Mary. And that that is in the prayers. Um, and I will tell you, my husband actually said to me, what does that mean? How are we slaves of Mary? And so it, it is something uh, that we, we should talk about. And thank you, Christopher. Christopher was calling in from Wichita, Kansas. Thank you so very much. You hear the music, Adam. So we'll, we will hit that pause button when we come back. We hope to have a couple more on the lines uh, calling into the spirit world at 877-757-9424. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We say it uh, a couple times every single show at the Spirit World Podcast. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you can fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. 
It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We're focusing on consecrations today here on The Spirit World. Next Saturday will be our open forum show and mailbag show, so you can bring any topic to the table. We'll happily uh, talk with you about it. So, But th- today we're talking about consecrations. Adam, I wanted you to go back to Christopher's comment before we go to Michael from Mercer, New Jersey. Um about this idea of the wording of some of the prayers and the consecration to um, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yeah, so uh, I believe I have the section that's that's relevant to that quote. So, like so many things that that kind of fly around on the internet, they're they're often taken out of context. The context, I think, helps a little bit here. So, let's just read a little bit. Um, this is from the consecration to, of oneself uh, to Jesus through Mary, the the Louis uh, de Montfort. Oh, Jesus, eternal and a and incarnate wisdom, true God and true man, only Son of the Eternal Father and of Mary, ever Virgin. I adore you dwelling in the splendor of your Father from all eternity and in the virginal womb of Mary, your mother, at the time of your incarnation. I thank you for having emptied yourself and assuming the condition of a slave to set me free from the cruelty of sin. So we see at the beginning here, uh, he is referencing the lowering of Jesus, you know, technically, um, the lowering to humanity, uh, his state in humanity, called a kerygma, um, kind of a technical term, uh, but also the lowering within his life to the condition of a slave to be so cruelly uh, tortured and, and killed on the cross. Now, later here, so we see first off what I'm saying is uh, Louis de Montfort is looking at Jesus's action of lowering himself to be the condition of a slave to free us from sin. Later on, skipping a few paragraphs, O Mother of Mercy, grant me the grace to obtain true wisdom of God, and for this end, receive me among those whom you love, teach, guide, nourish, and protect as your children and slaves. O Virgin most faithful, make me in everything so perfect a disciple, imitator, and slave of Jesus, your Son, the incarnate wisdom that I may attain through your intercession and example the fullness of maturity in Christ on earth and his glory in heaven. Amen. Totus tuus. So we see it's not uh, actually simply a slavery to Mary. He is asking in that prayer that we become a slave of Jesus through Mary. And so, you know, some of these things, Deb, I, um, they're subtle, and we need to, to take them in the bigger context of, of what he's trying to do. He is trying to weave uh, scripture and the lowering that Jesus allowed, mm-hmm. the lowering of himself to the status of a slave, and equating us with that, that right. in a sense we have to become a slave to God. We don't want to follow the Ten Commandments. We don't want to love others uh, as ourselves, right? We want to be selfish and mean and and seek pleasure in life, but we need to be subjected to God's word and his law. We need to be a slave to that, obey it without question, even though it doesn't feel comfortable. Right. And so I think I think that's more what he's saying. Yeah, I will tell you, though, this is just my my personal opinion on this. Some of the consecrations and the prayers are very complicated, the wording of it. I, I wish they had kept it a, a little a little more simple, you know, and straightforward, so that so that our um, you know non-Catholic brothers and sisters don't like they because when they look at at the some of the some of the uh, text, they're thinking, wow, this sounds really strange. It sounds like you're giving your whole entire life to a to a saint or to to the Blessed Mother, but w- where's Jesus in all this? They don't they don't really um, see it. 
in plain view. And so I just wish some of the consecrations were a little more straightforward. I I loved the consecration of St. Joseph. I thought that was phenomenal. That I thought the book, Father Donald Calloway's book, the consecration was just brilliantly done. Um, so let's go to the phones, Adam, if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, but we do have room for you. You got to call quickly, though, if you want to get in on this great discussion about consecrations. Here's the number, 877-757-9424. So, Michael, if you can call back from Mercer County, uh, New Jersey, we'd love to talk with you. Uh, Michael did have a couple questions about what does um, consecration, uh, what does it mean? And you shared it early on uh, the show, to make holy. Uh, The popes have all talked about uh, consecrations, very important. Um, and it's and we talked about consecrating uh, whole uh, ca- um, countries and the world and churches um, during during very difficult times in the world. And we have our own personal struggles. And so, if something is it, you're dealing with and you need um, that that extra, you know, devotion and dedication and focus by by aligning yourself with with um, someone who's in the beatific vision, right? Um, that is a that is a straight connection, in my opinion, to heaven. That's one of the reasons why Adam, you you t- uh, tapped into it early. Uh, you know how I feel about Saint Michael. Um, so much so that my confirmation name, I took the name uh, French version Michelle uh, for. Um, St. Michael. And I even asked my, my late uh, uncle, he, he was a priest, um, he is a priest, um, but uh, he was wonderful. And I even said to him, I, I said, can I take uh, Michael as my confirmation name? He said, absolutely. Just take the, the you know, I took the French version. But I will tell you, Adam, it's it, I do agree with that. And also, early on in my ministry work, I very much went into a deep consecration to the twin hearts. That's why this particular episode is so important to me uh, today, because yesterday was the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Today is the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, I love the St. Louis de Montfort um, to consecration um, uh, to Mary. Um, I, I, I love uh, to Jesus through Mary. I love that. I love the St. Joseph consecration. I can go on and on because I do believe, Adam, and tell me if I'm incorrect in the way I'm thinking about this, but I I just know it to be true because it's been my life. Um, Consecrations catapult you to the next spiritual level. They just do. It takes you to a very deep, intense um, with with a, a fast dose of spiritual growth and you just know that you you're on you're on a path that is um is is really trying to make you holy it's it's amazing it it really is that's the best way to say it i think what do you what do you think about that yeah i i think for me um and you know i have some background in in working in mental health and one of the things that i've seen um certainly with myself uh with a lot of us is that we we rationalize our behavior, we rationalize kind of ourselves, and we say, well, I'm a good person, you know, I'm spiritual, and and we kind of give ourselves a pass on a lot of things, and we we rationalize a reason uh, why we do and do things we shouldn't do and fail to do things um, uh, that we should be doing. One of the things that consecrations do, and honestly, just reading about any lives of the saints or, or focusing on Jesus's journey, um, Mary's decisions, it gives me a metric by which to measure myself, mm-hmm. right? So if mm-hmm. I'm just floating and say I'm spiritual but not religious and I just basically give myself a pass and tell myself, well, I'm a good person, everything's fine, but I don't actually see myself objectively, uh, I can often be, you know, not so good of a person and then there's a lot of people that are are feeling hurt or, or neglected or dissatisfied by me and I'm sitting here in, in convincing myself internally that everything's fine. When I look at a, a figure from heaven, when I look at some of the Bible stories, when I look at some of the saints, I have an objective measure and I say, wow, okay, compared to Therese and the choices she made from such an early life, the dedication that she had was so incredible and I look back on my own life and it's not to feel bad about myself or beat myself up, but to set the bar higher for myself by saying like, okay, wow, objectively, if I compare 
apples to oranges or apples to apples here. Uh, if I'm saying, you know, I'm a human too, she's a human, look at what she did, look at what I'm failing to do, suddenly it's not, again, not to feel bad, don't turn this into an obsessive thing where you beat yourself up, but it gives you a metric by which to measure yourself that's objective. Sometimes it's hard for us to deal with the Ten Commandments, I think. Um, they're easy to read, they're easy to say, but to really honestly, you know, and to go to what Jesus said about if you if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Um, you know, to really unpack this and scrutinize ourselves honestly mm -hmm. and objectively is really hard to do. Um, and so the consecrations for me, it, that's part of what it does for me. It's kind of a tough love. Uh, maybe that's just my personality, but I, I need that external kick in the pants to say, mm -hmm. you're not doing so well, you know. Um, you may have said yes to some things, but boy, you know, you're not praying enough. You're, you know, you could do better over here. You could treat people a little bit better. You could forgive mm -hmm. a little bit more. And what they do, like you said, they spur me on, mm -hmm. not that I'm holy, but they spur me on to try to do better because right. they give me that external goalpost. Mm-hmm. That was well said. I agree with you. Okay, so we'd like to hear from you. If you'd like to call in, you still have time. 877-757-9424. Um, if you want to send an email in or make a comment, uh, you can do that as well. You just you just email us at tsw at grnonline.com. That's the email. You could go on Facebook, make your comment there. Uh, we have the Twin Hearts right on our Facebook uh, page at the Spirit World Podcast, and you can make your comment there as well. Next week is our mailbag open forum show, so you can bring any topic to, to the table. Uh, uh, the Spirit World addresses angels and demons and everything in between, so we, we uh, definitely want to answer your questions. But today we're talking about consecrations, and I think it is so appropriate, Adam, that we, we are having this discussion um, on the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, today is such a special day. I love this day. Um, I think it is just it is just incredible to have these constant reminders through the church year um, that we are to to stay focused. I liked how I really liked how you said it, Adam. You know, we we sometimes need that little you know uh, that little nudge, that little push, um, and reminders to to really um, get committed and 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 intense and focused and. Um, and really stay in that place. You know, people say, I need to get in a, a state of grace. Okay, all right. So you get into a state of grace, go to confession. Wonderful. Now stay in a state of grace, right, Adam? Yeah, it's that firm amendment to not commit the sin again that, that we it's so easy to forget. You know, that's part of what makes the confession valid is you have to have a firm amendment to not commit that sin again. You, it's not a rinse and repeat and do it and know that you're just going to redo it. You really have to take steps to try to do it. You know, I do see one uh, question came in. I see it in the, in, the t in the chat there from a Houston listener. What if I do a consecration and nothing happens? And this actually touches on a really kind of important point. And some people um, take this understanding of things that it's almost like a magic ritual. Mm -hmm. Like, I do X, Y, and Z, and this is guaranteed to happen. Uh, I also see this sometimes with novenas where, where people will pray a particular novena and say, well, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna win the lottery because that's what I prayed for, and I did these, you know, sets of things, and then I, I was told that God's going to give me what I want. Um, I know that's a silly example, but this isn't magic. It's not that I do the consecration and then some amazing thing happens and and i hear the music come and i want to get back to this because i see some of it in the work that i do the changes that happen are sometimes more subtle and it's moving us towards as opposed to magically making it happen mm -hmm. very good okay so you do hear the music and when we come back we'll go back to your phones at 877-757-9424 cuz we do appreciate your calls on consecrations today here on The Spirit World. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're getting likes already. I love the fact that we're growing the family right as we're doing this show at The Spirit World Podcast. We'll be right back. The St. John Leadership Network presents Glance at the Gospel with Father Nathan Cromley. 
In this Sunday's Gospel, the voice of Jesus resounds with authority and with hope for our world. We read him saying, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Later, he says to the twelve apostles, Go and make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. It's an amazing perspective to think of the church in this light. When you hear this gospel, for example, remember that you're hearing it from the lips of a man who has responded to this call, a priest who has offered his life to cleansing, healing, lifting up, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven to his people. Indeed, Jesus here describes the mission and activity of every parish church throughout the world. Sometimes I think we take our priests and our parishes for granted. We can sometimes forget that when we're in a parish church on a Sunday, we're literally being bathed in God's word, renewed from our sins, strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and sent forth on a mission by Christ to transform our world. We need to always remember that when Jesus called his apostles to give their lives up for him, he was calling them into action. And that the church is a place of action where we receive from the hands of the priest the saving sacraments of God. Because God does not want our lives to stay the same. He wants church to transform us by the Holy Spirit coming within us to make us better, holier, more virtuous, more loving. Today, let's open our hearts. Let's let God do with us whatever he wants. For more information, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, we are back. This is your show, The Spirit World. Thank you so much for embracing it. we just, our hearts are just bursting uh, with gratitude. You guys are amazing. We love the Spirit World listeners and those that are following us on social media. That is fantastic. We got more things planned for the rest of the summer. You'll see. You're going to love what we've got cooking. So this is great. Um, Adam, uh, why don't you pick up where you where you left off? Um, because you wanted to share how this um, kind of ties into your um, ministry work. Yeah. So... One thing that I've seen uh, with people that are on the journey of being freed, you know, from from these kind of extraordinary demonic problems is that it is not just uh, a process of casting out demons, but it's a process of conversion in the person. That's ultimately what God wants and ultimately why he allows this activity in the world. It's not a good. He doesn't want us to suffer, but he brings good about through it. You know, think of temptation. He allows that. So one of the things I've seen, Deb, is many people will be drawn to and connect with a particular saint during a particular weeks or months of the case and of the ongoing prayers. Um, And that saint will have virtues that that person needs to work on. Sometimes they'll be drawn to a saint that they don't know much about, uh, but they just feel unusually drawn to them. And then we'll encourage them to go learn about that saint. And they will maybe have an icon that they'll take home with that saint or, you know, do some reading on them. Again, it's kind of an informal consecration where they're asking for help at that point in their journey. But and this is where it gets back to that that comment that came in. Uh, it's not a magical, like, I say these words and make this commitment and bang, the change happens in me or instantly the full portion of grace that I want uh, from heaven through this saint appears. What I've seen is God wants us to do the work and make the free will choices to learn more, to commit more, to struggle with our own vices and do better with the virtues that that saint kind of champions. Mm -hmm. And then over time, the graces of that association with that saint's virtues start to flower in the person's life. And so in the, in the context of exorcism where, you know, I spend 
a lot of my work. Um, a lay person for new listeners, but uh, I teach exorcists and have for a long time. Uh, what I see is a flowering of those virtues that comes through a relationship with that saint, and that informal consecration to that saint, that pays dividends weeks or months down the line in a, in a slowly increasing way. It's not an instantaneous thing, but it's slowly increasing. And they'll say like, well, you know, I realize now after a month I have this understanding Mm-hmm. Of, of this saint and how that defeats the lies that the devil has been telling me internally right. as I'm wrestling with this. And then six months later, you know, they have a much more mature relationship with that saint. And they look back on it and they say like, well, I don't know, I don't really see anything that's exactly changed. But you see this maturity of, of relating to God and the holy men and women that God has, has raised up in the world and the examples their lives give us, mm-hmm. this beautiful maturing that has happened over the weeks or months, and the person doesn't even see it because it was gradual. Right. So I'm just encouraging, like, all of this is conversion. It's a gradual marching towards God. And, and these consecrations, these saints, or figures in heaven, the Trinity itself, all of them are giving us exemplars that help us make that journey. It's not going to be a snap-your-fingers instant change. Your will, you have to do the work, but you're going to get that grace that's going to make that possible. The grace to want to do that work is mm-hmm. also a gift from God. Yeah. So even though you don't realize it, it's not an, an instantaneous, exciting change. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. Well, Mother Angelica used to talk about it all the time. You know, this isn't this isn't a um, 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 a sprint, you know, it's a, it's a marathon and it's, we're pilgrims on a journey and we just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and journeying closer to God because that's our goal. Right. And uh, well said, Adam. Okay. Let's go to the phones. Gary has been waiting so patiently in Des Moines, Iowa, listening on Iowa Catholic radio. Hi, Gary. Welcome. Hello, Gary. Okay. I cannot hear Gary, so can we double check? Let's have Taylor uh, talk to Gary. Um, I can't hear Gary. All right. Maybe his question, um, he was going to, well, he was going to talk about um, confirmation versus consecration, and he actually talks about trading confirmation names with a friend. I'd love to speak to Gary if we can double check to see why we cannot hear him on air, but that, uh, try again. Okay, we're going to try again. Hello, Gary. Apparently, you're not hearing me. Yes, we can hear you now, Gary. Thank you. Swell. Very good. Thank you. Yes. So go right ahead. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah, I've already, uh, like uh, you just said, I just kind of went through it. Uh, We did this uh, way way back when we were still in school. Uh, We called, you know, we, we called confirmation and consecration, which is almost identical, I guess, just a slight change in uh, what we call it. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, as uh, schoolmates and friends and, and such at the time, I, we were quite interested in everything compar- con- uh, concerning this, um, you know, trying to be as holy as we could be. It, that was pretty tough for kids going to school. <laughs> we didn't... Uh, think along the same lines as okay, we do now. Okay, so, so, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of get where you're going, Gary, but because we have such limited time, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just let me jump in a little bit. So, just to be clear for people that don't know, confirmation is one of the sacraments in the Catholic Church where we make a commitment to live out the Christian life, and we, we also activate the gifts that came to us through baptism. Consecration is an act of giving ourselves over to heaven, to God's sacred use in our lives and living our lives for God through an exemplar of a saint in many cases. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Gary, so very, very much for calling in to the spirit world. Uh, We do have our open forum next uh, Saturday, so make sure you get your calls ready. Uh, You want to call us uh, with your comments or your questions. Uh, We want to thank the show team, Taylor and Tim and Libby. Thank you so very, very much. You guys did a great job. For Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani, wishing you a happy Father's Day. And until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.